The American Truck Driver Podcast, Episode 34. Welcome to another episode of the American Truck Driver Podcast. I've got a, an email here uh, from someone that, that asked a question that I spent a lot of time asking myself. Not really sure I have a good answer, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot at it. So Rodney emails me and it says, Hi Chris, my name is Rodney and I've got the itch to buy a truck and lease on with a fuel hauling company here in upper midwest but i'm not really sure where to start i've been in the fuel hauling industry here for seven years hauling for a convenience store chain out of wisconsin i've been chatting with other owner operators that are in my area and it sounds like i get could get on with a carrier pretty easily my concerns are where do i start I talked to my bank about a small business loan, but they need an LLC, an EIN numbers, that's an employee identification number, to even begin starting to look at financing a truck. And then the truck can't be any older than 10 years. I don't think I can afford something even that new. I have my wife on board as long as it's mostly research information I'm gathering with no exact date on starting this business up. She's a stay-at-home mom and homeschools our two girls and doesn't like the idea of having to go back to work to help pay the truck off. Along with the other things like health care, retirement, etc. I guess if I'm being totally honest, I may be a little overwhelmed with all the things that need to be put in order and in which order to put them into. Like where do I start? Getting a tax ID number, signing with the carrier, buying the truck. Do you have on advice what, on what I should do? Thanks for your time and help. Sincerely, Rodney. I emailed Rodney back and I asked him if I could use this email as a uh, uh, a subject for the show, and and he told me that I could. So basically, I asked, well, let's let's back up a minute. Set aside acquiring the truck and what you're going to haul with it for a minute. Um, first, answer the question: Why buy a truck? What are the motivations for moving from an employee position? to that of a contractor or owner-operator. Most commonly, it's money, um, you know, more choice, more control, more freedom. That's really the first question to answer. Why do I want to do this? Um, There isn't really a right or wrong answer, but you and your wife have to be, if you're married, you're going to have to be able to answer that question the same way. Um... My wife stays at home and homeschools our kids as well. So I, you know, I empathize with you there. I, I know what that's like. You know, it, it in 2018 in America, it's difficult to do things on one income, you know, because our contemporaries and our peers around us, you know, have two income families and we look at their lifestyle and the things that they're able to do 
and we're over here on one income. You know, when I went home last year after my engine broke, you know, and, and I got a pretty decent job um, for the area. It was $19 an hour, and it had insurance. But on a single income, it just it just wasn't enough. There was not enough money to pay our basic bills at $19 an hour, even with the overtime. It's not fun being in a position where you have to have the big income. That's the situation I'm in right now. I have to have the big income because I've got a lot of stuff I've got to pay off to pay for all the stupid decisions that I made. I think it's important to understand that while there are basically, essentially, no limits to the amount of money that you can earn in this industry, and that the freedom that you can experience is unparalleled in most other industries, you have to be willing to give up a lot in the beginning. If you can find a good tr- well, you can find a good truck for between ten and twenty thousand dollars. Now you're not going to walk out the front door and trip over one. You're going to have to look and look and look and look. You're going to have to be willing to spend a little money to exclude a truck. You know, you find a truck it's fifteen thousand dollars. It looks pretty good. Well, you need to be you need to have five hundred dollars that you're ready to lose by getting a dyno done on that truck, getting an inspection done on that truck, and getting every piece of information that you can get. And even after spending four or $500 on a truck, being willing to walk away from it because it's not what you need. So given, you know, if you've listened to all the episodes of this show from episode one, you've pretty much rode the roller coaster with me. You you heard the story of, of the, the different paths and choices that I made along the way. It is it is now my recommendation based on my experience that the least risky way to get into this business is with a paid for cash truck. The the risk is in my opinion is too high to unless you have a unless you have a pretty solid financial foundation let me put that caveat in there if you have the ability to you know to to get a loan for a you know a, maybe a 2015 or newer truck um, and and you have the ability to get some cash together so that you have in case you have a catastrophic failure in case you have you know a week or two long breakdown but the the fact of the matter is um, these trucks that are you know the year 2000 or even 97 98 up to 2007 are very simple um, a a, a $10,000 emergency fund will cover just about anything except an engine and if you're buying the right truck, you should get a truck 
with an engine that should last about two years. As I look back on my situation when I bought my red truck, there were red flags all over the place. Um, I I should have uh, probably passed on that truck. Now, even though, you know, I put uh, almost 400,000 miles on that truck in the time that I had it, and I made a pile of money with it. And it's mathematically true that had I managed my money correctly, I could have, I could have made it through the engine. I could have made it through the second catastrophic breakdown. But I, I spent way, I paid way too much for that truck. Way, 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 way too much. I would have been much better off to find to first get in a position where I could get maximum income, something like what I'm doing now, working someone off of a percentage where I could make 70, 80, 90, 100,000 just to drive, which would give me enough income to pay my bills and save up money in about 24 months and go pay cash for a truck. So my advice to uh, uh, to, to Rodney was maybe you need to find a situation where you can increase your income to the point that you have enough in your cash flow to save up that ten or twenty thousand dollars. Now, to the average American, that sounds like well, you might as well tell me to save a million dollars. And, and, yeah, in America, that's difficult, but it's not impossible. Um, we kind of have a problem in this country being a little bit spoiled. And we have a problem distinguishing between the two words want and need. Um, things, you know, we, oh, I need one of those. No, you don't need one of those. You want one of those. So learn uh, to tell the difference between a want and a need. If you can put the wants on hold for a year or two and only take care of the needs, then you could save up enough money to get yourself into a paid-for truck uh, or get into a truck with very little debt, you know, if you could get some type of small, you know, if maybe you had 10000 in cash and you're able to borrow ten or 15000 to buy a truck, now you've got, you know, a good emergency fund. But going and leasing a brand new truck from a carrier, even from someone like Lone Mountain, you know, seven or eight thousand dollars down, and they'll hand you the keys to a brand new truck. And you know, you can mathematically justify that payment. You can. There, there's so many ways to justify it mathematically. You can say, okay, on one hand. I can get a brand new truck that has a full warranty. Um, it's pretty much going to be under warranty almost the entire time that I have it. Um, it's going to have a $2,500 payment and about five or $600 a month in insurance, so it's going to be $3,000, $3,100 a month, um, but with very, very low maintenance, and that's true because the tires that come on it should last a couple of years your clutch and your brakes and your all that kind of stuff um, should last two or three years. And so you shouldn't have great uh, maintenance expenses. 
And then you can say, well, if I've got an old truck, well, I'm still going to spend $20,000 a year even if I don't have a payment, so why don't I just spend the extra ten and get a new truck? All true. Um, and, and I think, you know, before the emissions came along, it was a lot easier to justify that because you didn't have situations where your truck just shut off for no reason. And now you do. And so one of the biggest problems with new trucks, even as the the 15s, 16s, 17s, and 18s have gotten better, downtime is the killer. They may be able to fix it, and it may be under warranty, but if you're sitting still for two weeks, you're not making money. Uh, this truck that I'm driving now is a 2005 with 1.5 million miles on it. And we've had to do stuff to it. I've had to do stuff to it. Um, two nights ago, you know, I, I had a muffler break. Like, literally the bottom of the muffler rotted out and fell down onto the elbow. Uh, and at the same time, uh, an airbag started leaking on the cab. And... And it basically cost me no time. It cost me about two hours of sleep. But, you know, I, I got on the phone with the boss and I said, hey, here's what's going on. Well, before he called, I called Freightliner dealer. I found out the parts were about or less than $300. And um, I called the truck stop, checked to make sure the labor was available. And altogether, that repair cost about $630. I stopped at the truck at the dealership. I picked up the parts. I finished my day. I was going to take a 10-hour break at that truck stop anyway. So I just went into the shop. About three hours of labor. They fixed it while I was on my break. We spent six about $630. And it was done. Um, this, this truck, as of yet, has not cost me any more downtime than than a couple of hours here and there. I can't say that about new trucks with emissions problems. They when they shut down, you're calling a wrecker. Uh, and there's just very few things on this truck uh, that would cause it to be towed. You can limp these trucks a lot farther to get them into a shop instead of being derated sitting on the side of the road and not being able to go anywhere. The whole time that I had my truck from uh, the end of 2013 to the beginning of 2017, I only had about two repairs that were more than a thousand dollars. There was a bunch of little five and six and eight and nine hundred dollar stuff here and there, but other than the engine, um, which which I think now I realize. Uh, you know, I just, there's things that I look back on now that I understand, I, I think, that exacerbated that problem. And had I been a little better educated with more experience, I may have been able to see those things and not picked that truck. But that's beside the point. I won't fault anybody for wanting to take the next step to make themselves better, to get a better income. 
and contrary to what uh, people like these goofy sociologists and uh, and people that are trying to get us to go back to 1970 and the government regulations on on freight, you can make a pile of money in this industry. You can make a great living and and work less. Uh, and if you ask ten people where do I start, you're going to get ten different answers. Because there's not one way. There's not a single, oh, this is how you do it. There's so many different ways. But I'm going to always suggest to take the path with the least amount of risk. Think of it this way. What's the worst? That's the absolute worst case scenario. I've lived it. Your motor blows up. If you have saved up the money and you have bought a truck and you've done your due diligence, you've done your research, you've dynoed it, you've tested it, you've had it inspected, and you get in that truck and you go for six months and it blows up. Well, that sucks and it's unfortunate, but it's paid for. So you can find a way to park it, go back to doing what you were doing short term until you've saved up the money to fix that engine. If you didn't save it up in that six or eight or nine months, however long, you know, you go into maximum savings mode from the minute you get the truck and you save every single dime. And we, we understand now that these trucks can have a positive cash flow of anywhere between 10 and $20,000 a month depending on how hard you run it. So if you continue to keep your lifestyle down in six months, you should be able to save enough money for that engine. But if you don't, you've got a truck and it's paid for. You're one step closer. Well, now you've got to temporarily take two steps back maybe go back to being a company driver for three or four months until you save up some money, you fix your engine, and you take off again. That's a low-risk option. I would like to... I want to get Larry, my boss, on here, and we can talk about this stuff because his 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 experience is vast. Uh, he's, he's got 10 years of experience um, owning multiple trucks. And and he's and he's fascinating. He's so uh, gifted and intelligent, um, and and knows how to just think on the fly. Hey, here's what we need to do, you know, and, and get the problem solved. Uh, just, he's just a great businessman. Um, I'd like to do some videos about the things that I've learned um, throughout my experience, and that's the one thing, you know. There's a lot of stuff that I know today because I went through it. You know, I didn't take the the, the option of least risk, uh, and it eventually it, it kind of bit me. Uh, of course, it was my own fault, but I learned so much along the way that it would be easy for me to walk up to a truck and, and walk around it and say, "Yeah, that's a good one," and or no, it's not. 
because I have that experience. And, and I know that probably sounds daunting and scary that I'm saying, well, just go find a good truck. Well, what defines a good truck? And I think I think getting Larry on the show and, and talking about that, and, and uh, he could probably do a much better job explaining how to find a good truck versus finding something that's not good for you. So where do we start? Number one, examine the, the real reasons that you want to do this and ask yourself, am I willing to take the sacrifices in the short term necessary to win in the long term? Um, if you're married, make sure your spouse is on board because if your spouse is not on board, you're going to have trouble. Um, that's that's just it's it's got to happen because you know it's it's difficult to do this by yourself. You you've got to have some support at home. Uh, if you're single, you know you you're going to have to have maybe some other owner operators to act as accountability partners for you people that you can call to ask maintenance questions that you can say hey how would here's the situation i'm dealing with how how would you deal with it you got to have those important relationships in your life um you know it it this this lifestyle uh portrays itself as kind of a one-man show but it's it's absolutely not you've got to have a great support team around you. you got to have people that you can trust um, to tell you what you need to hear and not necessarily what you want to hear so that'll do that for uh for this episode um check out our social media accounts on facebook and instagram uh, email anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com you can support the show at patreon patreon.com slash anamericantruckdriver until next time be safe and see you